This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. Today, I have a naked life story with Greg. Greg, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk to you. Where are you at? Looks like there's big buildings behind you. Yeah, I'm in the heart of New York City, like truly the heart on Park Avenue. So you're getting a little view of that right now, even though we're low to the ground. But yeah, right, right. in the heart of it all. Right I in the, the heart at, of all the boozing. Yes. I was um, <laughs> one of my, I used to work at 270 Park. Oh, this is 399 Park. I'm literally <laughs> blocks away from there. Yeah. <laughs> Very so familiar. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. With all the bars too. Yeah. Yeah, there was, um, that was, I thought it was such a benefit of New York City was that you never had to drive anywhere. So oh, it's the it biggest curse. It's, it's a right. huge, I think it's, um, it's one of the most enabling factors about this city, to be totally truthful, is that nobody ever has to drive anywhere. You can always take the train, you can always get a cab. Um, there's the concept of a designated driver is practically non-existent here. Yeah, right. And it, Wild. It, uh, I remember first moving to New York and feeling like, wow, this is weird because in Colorado, we would do all sorts of different like activities. And then in New York, it was like, there were some things like you could find some golfing on the Chelsea pier if you really tried hard and paid a lot of money, or you might be able to find like some little bowling activities somewhere. But honestly, if you wanted to be social, you were going out. No, that's that's a fact. And also, um, it's interesting that you would bring that up because from a dating perspective, someone, my a good friend of mine recently moved here from Salt Lake City, and he was expressing the same concept to me, which is that a date is often like a walk there, not a thing here. It is, it drinks is the only word. I'm, I'm beginning to think it's the only word in people's vocabulary. It's just like drinks, drinks. <laughs> and, you know, they Hilarity ensues when I shoot that down now, but it's it's just but that's just what people do here, um, and I teach their own. They're, people are permitted to do as they wish, but that is a, a massive crux of social life here is yeah. drinking. And ironically, a place where there is every cultural every cultural thing available to you at any given time of the day. Somehow, we find a way to add drinking to all of them. Everything. Everything. So, all right, Greg. So let's let's back up. Let's yes. hear your story. So I want to yes. get back up way to the beginning. Yes, yes I love of course. Um, so awesome. But I love talking about New York. I could talk about it all day. Yes, 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 yes. I, I apologize for digressing. Um, I guess my story would start um, when I was young. I grew up um, in a very Catholic family, and to be clear, I think that that was actually massively beneficial. I think there's a lot of hatred towards religion in modern society where people don't recognize the benefits of it. Um, I'm not ungrateful that I grew up in such a way, but I'm a gay man. And so during my youth, there was a lot of sort of internalized hatred that occurred. Um, It's just sort of natural when you're in a religious community and it's sort of rejecting you, but not in, but you're, you're just burying that. And there's no other way like to explain it. You just sort of, I was definitely like a pray the way, pray and pray away the gay kind of uh, kid. And what was even more interesting, I would argue, is that um, 
I was like an athlete. I still am an athlete. Um, I ran track in college and I was captain of two sports teams in high school. So I actually had a lot of pressure of fitting in my pressure a lot. You hear a lot about a lot of gay kids that get bullied, you know, getting thrown into a locker. I wasn't getting thrown into any lockers. If anything, I was throwing other people into lockers, but I felt all the social pressures to sort of act and be a certain way. And then, um, I would say when I was about 16 or 17, when I first dabbled in alcohol, because, you know, it's high school, it's (laughs) people eventually start experimenting with drinking at a certain point. And I think during those first um, situations when I was drinking, it was a bit like first love in that I finally found something that let me turn my brain off because I felt... I really just felt a great amount of social anxiety because I wanted to be, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Outwardly, I feel like I was accepted. I think, I'm pretty sure I was even in the senior superlatives in high school for most popular, but people only sort of knew me. Like half my life was a complete facade. And um, were you out in high school or, no, or not? No, 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 no. Okay. I wasn't ready then. Um, And that was hard, but I really just wasn't ready. I was at a Catholic high school. And this is, you know, the world has changed a lot in, what, 15 years? Sure. Um, Since I would have been, you know, 14 years ago would be the beginning of high school, not to date myself. But um, (laughs) that's, the world has changed a good bit in that time. And I just wasn't ready. But when I went away to college, I went to a liberal arts school. um, And there I did find a a world where people were able to accept me and I was able to come out and things. But that being said, I had already sort of like formed, I think a general habit of, okay, I work hard during the week. I get to my weekends. This is how I let go. Um, Yeah. And, and university culture for all, I, I loved college and I, I don't, I don't regret any of the heavy drinking or partying that I did because I think, you know, when you're younger, it's kind of (laughs) cute. For me, it was at least like I was having a a great time and I was still getting good grades and doing well, but university culture in this country encourages an absolutely insane amount of drinking. Yeah. Um, At well, you're, you're certainly an adult, but you're still young and you know, you're, it's, it's constantly encouraged to binge drink and that's how you socialize and form relationships and whatever. And again, I don't regret any of it, but it, it sort of kept nailing the hammer down. Um, then as I graduated into adulthood, which <laughs> it's an interesting time because I think during college, a lot of people think like, I'll never drink this much again. Like, this is not going to happen again. So I better just like get everything out of it while I can. Um, no. <laughs> when you move to New York, you'll just like keep up with the ante. Just like really keep going with it. And um, I, I had a, my first real relationship with um, a wonderful man that I loved. And things got toxic and I ended up breaking up with him. And then ensued the moment where drinking started to turn on me. Um, and it's so interesting because you, you, you discuss this a decent bit in your book. It is such a quick thing. 
it is such a, a crazy, like you, I just woke up one day and I was just like, I didn't do anything this weekend, you know, like I had these things, you know, anything remotely productive that I wanted to get done. I may have had like a to-do list, just, just like basic things. But in New York, there's just constant, unrelenting. And, and to be fair, I think this would be the same for people anywhere. If you find a community of people that's really into drinking and doing certain things, you'll, you'll wake up hungover and you just find another excuse to relieve it. Like what's easier, going to do something that's gonna challenge yourself or you know, add to your life in any meaningful way whatsoever or go drink again. Yep. When, <laughs> when your head is pounding and you feel like trash, um, it's easy to do that. And, and I was never, the complicated thing is that I was never feeling as though I was drinking any more or less than my peers. But it didn't matter because I was, I had entered sort of like a, an identity crisis. I, when I broke up with this person, I think that due to some serious codependency, I, I lost just a good bit of who I was in that relationship. And in that struggle, I all of a sudden forgot who I was and, and that, and that just sort of continue to snowball from my previous experiences of just like, this is how you're going to get rid of it. This is, you know, don't, who needs feelings? We don't need feelings. We don't need to deal with them. We don't need to just like, you know, go to work, you know, do your little dance and then like <laughs> get to the weekend, shut your brain off and then be miserable on Monday. And then, you know, um, then um, I started to get, this is where this, this, my story may get more. So the, you know, the LGBT experience, gay people are disproportionately impacted by alcohol and drug use. This is something that you, we know statistically. Um, I don't think that there's anyone would be super surprised by that. You grow up in a world that sort of shames you and people are naturally going to turn to various coping mechanisms. A lot of them are chemical. That's just reality. Um, I think I'm one of those people, um, especially with, with the booze. But in any case, that, that's still not an atypical experience. I think a lot of people in some way have to temper, moderate, figure out what to do with this and somewhere in their adult life, especially if they're a part of that community. Um, where things may differ a little bit for me is that um, about a year and a half ago, I started to get some sort of strange symptoms going on with, with my health. Um, I lost a bunch of weight, not like a bunch, but like 15 or 20 pounds. And I had this constant unrelenting thirst. And when I tell you like, just at any point of the day, no matter how much water you drink, you're still thirsty, hmm. always never stopping you're peeing every 30, 40 minutes. It's very uncomfortable, especially in New York where they're like, no, we don't have a bathroom. I'm like I see it. It's right there. Can I please use it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always it's happened to me so many times um but I complained about this to doctors for a long time and eventually they, they finally listened to me but the point is that I actually had an, an untreated metabolic disorder that's it's pretty rare it's called diabetes insipidus and it means that my kidneys don't hold water because of a hormone that's not getting released and I also like so that condition is due to a small tumor they found in a certain part of my brain that controls um, 
some hormone like near your pituitary gland. Um, so because of that, I was being deprived of testosterone entirely. And by the several other hormone, my body was just a bit of a mess. So prior to finally being taken seriously by these doctors, I was, because, you know, I was literally constantly drinking water to try to satiate my thirst. The other thing that I, that would happen is like when I would try to just go drinking with my friends, cause that was still just normal to me. I was like, I don't want to like, I don't know. You can't just like lay at home and wallow in self pity all the time. You have to like, I decided to go be social and drinking was part of my social life. But because I had that sort of like compulsion to keep picking up drinks, I would just drink faster. And mm -hmm. the summer before I was getting diagnosed or I, I, I finally got diagnosed, it, it got like messy, like nothing, nothing too overwhelmingly scary, but there were just a couple days where I was like, I have no idea what happened like multiple times that summer. And that had only happened like a, a few times in my life. There were like a few times that summer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like take a break from this. Um, and I did about a month and a half and then they found the tumor that I was talking about. And that <laughs> it's a crazy story. So like I started to get medicated and then I almost got, I started to feel better, but then I think because I was getting treated and I felt better, I thought I was like tricked into thinking that alcohol like still would make me feel good. Mm. It's, it, that sounds maybe a little bit strange for people. No, it makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm better now. I can do this again. So I started to drink again and I realized the same thing happened. A mi little microcosm of the first what, seven, eight years of my drinking just happened in a period of four months. I started by just having a couple because I didn't want anything more than that because I knew that it would make me feel poorly and then I'd like not achieve my goals in the next, in the coming days. It had, that happened over a period of a few months and I was right back to where I was. And then I woke up one day, I was like, we're done here. And so it's been 114 days. Nice. Yeah, it's, thank you. But about two weeks in, um, I found your book because I actually, at one point last year, had started my own little podcast that I ultimately chose to, to stop doing for a few different reasons. But the goal was to really push myself and make myself uncomfortable intentionally, like by confronting different topics. And I just wanted to learn things and jump down rabbit holes. And one of the rabbit holes I jumped down was alcohol. And my friend recommended which first of all, that hour that I spoke to her was like the most amazing and like, cause she's sober and she had um, done some career things within that world. And she just like really took me for a ride. It's really tough to look at yourself like that. But um, I had remembered, I had written down all the books that she recommended um, all during this journey. So I read yours and I, those first couple of weeks were ob are obviously going to be the hardest for anyone, but yours was, there were just certain moments at it that I seriously was about to cry because it felt like someone finally was like sort of hitting on how I felt about everything where I didn't feel like I was drinking more or less than my peers. So why did I feel so much worse? Why was I so interested in stopping, but nobody ever talked about it? Why did I, why do I feel like this is injected into everything and I need it all the time, even though, I should be able to enjoy things without it. Um, and I would just, I would just like to note that one of the most freeing points um, 
is a point in the book where you just state very specifically that um, is it so hard to believe that it's actually the time with your friends that you're enjoying and not the alcohol. And the next week I went out, um, it's like my first happy hour, like I got the guts up to like be able to stand around people who were just like boozing blatantly in front of me. And I realized that that was true. I realized that I was having fun because I just like them. I, you know, I actually was enjoying myself. I was like, is this what fun is? And I realized, I know, like, and I realized that I had been conflating the idea of putting this chemical into my body with fun. And this is not to say that there's not any chemical that can enhance a good time or that drinking isn't good for other people, maybe in certain situations, but it, it, it shouldn't be what defines a good time. And finally, that was like, I would say the most free piece for me. That's so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Like that just, I remember very, very vividly moments like that where you're like, wait a second. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so freeing. It is. It's just what you said. It's like, gosh, it's not, it's not this chemical from outside. It's actually inside or it's actually these people or it's actually this life. And it's, it's not. Really yeah. this and it's sometimes not other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes not other people. So <laughs> for anyone that's going on this journey or um, is thinking about it, here's a spoiler alert. You don't like some of your friends. <laughs> yes. This is true. It is. true. It is. And I don't mean that in any kind of a nasty way. But if you're, you know, a moderate heavy drinker, I can almost guarantee you that there's certain people that you associate with that once you get rid of the alcohol, like you're going to catch your eyes in the back of your head so much when you're near them that you need to be like, okay, we're just going to like cancel that next time. Like, <laughs> Now I need to go on a judgment detox from, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's like, okay, I'm not better than these people. Stop. Yeah, totally. It's so true. Um, it's so true. So, um, so then after that first time, how, how was it? How have things been? How things have been really good. I mean, I literally, at this point, I've been to music festivals, multiple, um, weddings, which, um, if I may, I'd like to tell a story about a wedding. Is that okay? Okay. So (sighs) your first wedding sober is also like a true experience. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I went I went to one I, I've been to a few weddings actually without drinking and I think that that was a moment that I really started to feel almost frustration at the world that's been cultivated around um, needing alcohol to have fun and that's sort of like the crux of everyone's enjoyment surrounds this one chemical, this one substance that for some reason the world has decided is like the thing that everyone's going to do. I just, which blows my mind. But in any case, um, I, I witnessed like a few different conflicts of varying degrees around me, right? At certain points in the way, they weren't anything crazy, but they were like, you know, people fighting, people upset at someone, you know, or yeah, this is, but in the, in the span of a few hours as people just got drunker, I was like, this seems wrong. 
And what I mean by that is just that I'm sure that the root issues of whatever these people were fighting about, very publicly, I may add, um, would still be there. But the catalyst of these fights is alcohol. And then I started thinking back to a lot of other problems that I've had, like big problems. Guess why they started? <laughs> it's uh, the root cause from a lot of them is like what I was doing in the name of fun. And when you're younger, I think that chaos is sort of fun. It is. It's fun. When you're in your early 20s, teens, whatever, um, chaos is sort of enjoyable because you're being rebellious and silly. And, you know, I have so many great stories. And I seriously, I want to emphasize, I don't regret any of them. I don't. And I, I will tell you the stories. And you can laugh at what a mess I was or just, you know, whatever you choose to do. I'm good with it because I had a good time. So it's fine. But like when you get older and you decide that like you have real goals and aspirations and things that you want to, to do while you're on this planet, alcohol is not the chemical that I would go with. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and older, it, you're 28. So I'm 28. Yeah. Older. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I, I really, but, I just. But I do feel like by 28, like it, it's definitely. It catches up to you, man. Yeah. Weird, you know, but I also feel like, you know, we talked about it just a bit before we started recording, but it is, it is atypical for somebody to stop drinking at 28. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why. I think that like, I started to have goals outside of my career. So I have a career, right? And then on the weekends, I started realizing that I was just achieving nothing, just nothing. And like, I've always been this ambitious person, a college athlete, a person with hobbies and leadership roles and things that I want to get better at, want to take seriously. Like, even if you have a hobby that you don't plan to make a dime off of, what's the point of doing it if you're not going to get good at it? Or at least like learn enough about it that you feel well-versed. Drinking doesn't allow for any of those things in my estimation. It sort of just deadens my senses when I would, when I would drink. And I, I was going to therapy and talking about it. And like, just so people understand, my therapist didn't even tell me to stop drinking. I told myself I was going to stop drinking. Nobody told me to stop. I did. And, but what I, would, what I remember expressing to him is just like, I become an utter zombie. Just mm -hmm. like, a, and it didn't take long. Like it's, we're not talking like blackout slobbering drunk, although like he came around too. I should have named him while I had time because like he was a real character. <laughs> but um, it didn't take long. It took a couple and then like whatever I wanted to do was impossible. It was impossible. It just like, I mean, obviously you review this, this sort of uh, the way alcohol affects your motor function and things of like that nature. but. It just, it's just like a dream killer. It's, <laughs> it is, it's a dream killer. Like if you wanted to write something or even like think deeply most of the time, if you, if you, like you can only drink like the tiniest bit and then you're just going off a cliff in my opinion. Yeah. 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 No, it's so true. It is. So, um, two more questions for you. Well, sure. I guess just first of all, like, how are you, how are you handling it with your friends and how are yes. people treating you? How are, how are you navigating that scene? That's a really great question. Um, I would say in general, people are 
super supportive, um, you know, especially if it's someone that I'm actually really close to and have a real genuine friendship with. Um, I think they understand my point of view in when I explain to them that, you know, when you wake up with a hangover of this nature and you're trying to get things done, it just sort of like takes any anxiety that I have and ramps it up to 11 and just makes it impossible for me to achieve things. They hear that and they understand it. Um, I think that the key for me is in the beginning, in the very beginning, I needed to hide behind a challenge um, because I don't think that I was ready to be like, I'm just, this is just going to be my life now. Um, so I did, and I'm still enrolled in a program in the UK called One Year No Beer. Yeah. Which was, awesome. yeah, really, really helpful. Um, I still think it's helpful. I have like, you know, a Facebook group full of people that are like putting down the bottle and it's been, um, it's been really great in my opinion, um, to have that support community. But in general, I would say close friends are great. It's usually people that I'm not as close with acquaintances um, or people who I'm fake friends with, who it's amazing how when you don't drink with them, it's like world's end. Um, and I don't want to act like that's happened a lot, but it's happened where people, you know, they say, you know, they, they, they don't, they won't hear what you're saying, or at least they're not really interested. They just want you to have a good time in the moment. And my friend sent me a quote one time, um, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. You know, the easy choice in that moment for that person and for you is just like quickly get drunk together and then like forget about that thing that you were aspiring to or like, or that terrible mood that alcohol had put you in. Um, and that place, you have to remember that place, that place that you were, that deep, dark, what am I doing with myself, whole. It's a terrible place, but you have to remember and to communicate it, I think, when you encounter someone that doesn't understand. Um, but most of the time people do. Um, and I think people are getting better educated about it, um, which, I'm really grateful for because I, I also was very grateful for your accurate synopsis of comparing alcohol against other drugs in your book because alcohol is a drug. And I just, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but I really just feel like it's insane how people think because this is legal, it's fine and you shouldn't worry about it, and it's not gonna have any impact, negative impacts on your health. Um, and they further, you know, I, I do harm reduction volunteer work, and I just really, I find it interesting when people who are full-blown alcoholics choose to judge any other person's use of other substances. And I'm not encouraging other people to do anything, but I would encourage people to understand that alcohol is a drug in the grand scheme of things and it's one of the more powerful ones that i would i would argue so anyway i went on a bit of a tangent there i apologize for that no but it's all it's all so true and i think yeah. that you know you're absolutely right so i guess last question and of course if there's anything else you want to add or talk through like this is awesome yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it but, uh, um, you too i think you're lovely <laughs> just like in your book you're really really great so continue sorry <laughs> 
I blush. Um, <laughs> last question is, you know, if you're going to go back to Greg of, you know, being in the pit, you know, probably some fear around like, what's it going to be like? Am I even going to be able to have a social life? Who am I going to be without alcohol? Um, mm -hmm. What would you tell him about what life's like now? I would tell him that you're going to be more you than you have been in forever. And you're going to remember a younger version of yourself that had um, fewer worries and saw a more clear path ahead of yourself and had so much more self-worth. I can't even explain to you. Um, I feel as though after that breakup that I was referencing, I had to go on a long journey of regaining self-respect and self-esteem. And I had done a lot of that even with alcohol in my life, but this is the biggest thing. Just being like, I, so I did this for my 28th birthday was actually starting this. I gave it to myself. I was like, this is a gift. Like you don't have to feel like this anymore. You shouldn't have to feel like this anymore. Um, because there just comes a point where I would wake up and I was just like, why do I have to struggle for days to get back to feeling like myself again? You know, from, from these, from these really just rough hangovers. And it's a self-respect thing at a certain point to just say, I don't need this and I can be happy without it because I am who I am and I've got stuff to say and I don't need you alcohol. Well, it's awesome. I love that. Like you'll become the more you than you've been in a long time. And like, yeah. just, you know, that it's true. It's, it just, alcohol does not expand your mind. It's, it just deadens it. It, it makes, it turns your brain off. And if you don't learn how to feel feelings without it, there's not going to be, without discomfort, there is no growth. So, yeah. yeah. It's so good. So good. <laughs> well, what you. else? Anything else? No. Are you worried about dating now that you aren't drinking or? Is it doing okay. I think I'm, I'm meeting a lot of really high quality people and some people understand and some people I mean, just the, the range of reactions are comical, realistically. Like, they range from, like, at all? That's my favorite. What? I don't, I don't drink at all. Like, I'm just like, did I stutter? Uh, <laughs> no? Okay, great. Um, to, like, a lot of people recently, I think, are, are starting to wake up. Or, or, as you sort of mentioned in your book as well, they're suffering... People suffer silently and they start to like cut back because they're like, no one can handle this. Yeah. You know, no one can handle this. And I, I meet a lot of support, but I do meet an occasional person that's, um, and to their credit, like if you are a real drinker and I don't know if I could date someone that was drinking heavily, I, I would absolutely without question date someone that's a moderate or light drinker. I have no problem with that. It's just like, that's all good. Um, I think if they put it down, they feel better. I think if anyone put it down, they'd feel better. But um, I wouldn't want to date a heavy drinker. So if, you know, you need to be dating based on your values, and if you value getting really shit-faced Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, we're probably not going to jive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can just hear it in your voice though. Like the amount of like self-assurance, like this is what I want. Like, I'm not yeah. going to, you know, um, just, you know, blow away for what other people want. I'm going to no. 
internalize what I want, which is so right. cool. Right, right. It, it's, it's empowering, I would say. Um, and if you're thinking about doing it, just do me a favor, just take the plunge. Like, you don't need to do it even. I, tell me, tell, stop drinking for a month and tell me you don't feel better. Tell me you don't feel better because there's no one that's going to say no, they didn't. You may feel like you're missing out, but I guarantee you towards the end of that month, you're starting to feel like, I can do this stuff without being drunk and I can wake up and go to the gym. And then all of a sudden you're like, I think I'm an adult now. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this fun? It That's is. Awesome. Isn't this fun? Crazy. So cool. Yeah. Well, Greg, this has just been awesome. Um, really fun. You have such great energy and I just Thank really you. appreciate you sharing your story. It's, it's been a really, really enjoyable thing. Nice Thanks. to get to know you. Thanks. I, uh, you know, I hope to talk to you again and I appreciate your book so much and everyone should read it. Like just, I'm going to reread it because it's that good. So. Oh, thanks. Thank so <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a wonderful day. Tell you. Work okay. for me. All right. Bye. Okay. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.